This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's hard not to dance to this. We are Unsportsmanlike <laughs> here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to what's going on with Week 18, I was thinking about one other thing I wanted to ask you guys about this whole Flacco debate we've had about whether if he wins another Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. How do you think Deshaun Watson is feeling right now? I don't Rich. really care. That's the other. That's the part of the game. I don't really care. I don't care. Like Deshaun either. Watson got two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed amidst some very, very ugly circumstances. I don't care how he feels right now. This is a feel-good story for Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. And the part of the team that I feel best for is that defense because they've been lights out all year, and now they finally have a quarterback that makes the other side of the ball viable. Now, that part is fascinating because I'm sure you've been on Team CC where you're like, we are doing everything we can on the defensive side of the ball, and the quarterback is not holding up his end of the bargain. That in some ways, it actually allows us to validate the defense because they're going to play in big games because of Flacco's play. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, to me, this is a championship-caliber defense, and I think the rest of the NFL world and fans uh, in general get to see how good Miles Garrett is, gets to see how good JOK is, the guys on the back end of that defense, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit. Like, those are really good football players that not a lot of people know about. And so for for the casual fan to actually get to know those names because those guys are going to be playing in the playoffs, to me, that that's – that's important, and that's pretty cool. Joe Flacco has given them that, and they, they deserve it. All right, let's talk Week 18 here. So Week 18 is going to have an interesting look. It's going to be a lot of guys that um, we're not used to playing, like Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, Nick Mullins, Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick, Tyrod Taylor, Mason Rudolph, Jared Stidham, Sam Darnold, Huntley with the Ravens, Bailey Zappi with the Patriots, Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew, Will Levis, AOC, Aiden O'Connell with the uh, with the Raiders. Because <laughs> I feel like I have to say that after I say yes. AOC. Yeah, you yeah, do. I, 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 I By the way, too. I've never yeah. actually called him AOC. You do CC, and I'm like, oh, yeah. That, I, I was like, who are you talking? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 16 unintended starters. And what I mean by that is the idea that when the season starts, who is your team's intended starter that they would like to start for all 17 games, right? 16 of those guys this weekend are not starting. 16 of them are. Smalls, we've had the debate today as to is Week 18 a, pre, a playoff preseason or a playoff primer? You and I both agree playoff preseason. Explain why. Yes. I mean, there are certainly interesting matchups. We have a win and end scenario. We have seeding issues that need to be worked out. There are some very intriguing matchups and things that need to be played for. But for so many of these teams, if they're out or if they've already locked up their position, why would you play your star players? You're looking with an eye towards the future. It feels like these bowl games now. That's what Week 18 feels like to me, where we're going to rest our star players. We don't want to. We want to protect them, protect their health, look towards either the playoffs or next season. And from a consumer standpoint, it it just feels a little lackluster. Cece, you look at it as a playoff primer. Why? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about five playoff spots being up for grabs, but half of the division titles are too, right? I mean, the AFC East, the NFC East, AFC South, NFC South. So, I mean, there's still a lot to play for. And then you, beyond that, you have the playoff seeding. And, and to me, the one game that I'm keeping an eye on is the game between the Rams and the 49ers, even though it features backup quarterbacks for the Rams. They're kind of picking their own adventure here because if they lose this game and the Green Bay Packers win at home against the Chicago Bears, then all of a sudden – 
the Rams go from playing the Detroit Lions right now to playing the Dallas Cowboys in wild card weekend because they would slide down to the seventh spot in the NFC playoffs uh, picture. So I just think that is fascinating that the Rams don't necessarily care who their first-round opponent is more so than making sure that everybody is rested and ready to go. I get the argument for rest. It makes all the sense in the world and making sure that your starters are, are protected and they're healthy and available. But who you play in the postseason matters in terms of being able to get on a deep playoff run. And for them to choose to potentially play the Dallas Cowboys over the Detroit Lions is really interesting. So I think both situations are okay, guys. But I'm I'm curious as to, and maybe they're not apples to apples, why are people up in arms, college football bowl season, when players sit out for the good of the next year, the next stop, the next opportunity, whatever it may be, right? right? Whether a player is going pro, whether a player has been banged up, whether a player is transferring, Right. We People have gone crazy. This is wrong. Everything that's wrong with college football. It's one game. It's not in the college football playoff. It's not a title game. And in many cases, it gives somebody else an opportunity to succeed for the future. We go. People have gone crazy. Not the three of us. People have gone crazy over that. It's ruining college football. And yet we're okay with the same exact scenario happening in the NFL, which I think we should be. Like, isn't it kind of similar in some ways here? Guys are sitting out. For their next opportunity, that may be in the playoffs, that may be next season, that may be with another team, whatever it may be, people are sitting out of the final game of the NFL season, people are sitting out of the final game of the college football season. Neither impact directly the championship run for either sport here, yet we're up in arms with college football, but we're okay in the NFL. Why are we not okay with both? Well, there are a lot of similarities, but there's also a big difference. A bowl game used to be viewed as a reward. There's no hardware for week 18. For teams that aren't in the college football playoff, the bowl game is their version of the postseason. It's supposed to matter. It's supposed to be something that you earn, whereas week 18 is just the end of the regular season. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Smalls. And then beyond that, it's not like we're not going to see a lot of teams play uh, the rest of the year. I mean, we, we still got the playoffs. You know, 14 of the 32 teams are going to advance to the postseason, so we'll see them again. So even if you set out in week 18, if your team is qualified for the playoffs, we're going to see you again play football. So I think that's probably the other big difference in my mind's eye that we're going to see a lot of these guys play football again this year. Right, but, like, we're up in arms about Tate Rodemaker at, uh, at Florida State transferring because then, you know, he's the backup quarterback. I'm just using him as an example. They lose by 60 points to Georgia. Oh, everything's wrong with college football because of it. What's wrong with that? It's like the season's over, right? The season is over. There's nothing more that they can do in that spot to put themselves in a position to win a championship. Like, to me, everything's fine with that. I think people are upset about it because it's a shifting in the way we view something that used to be really special. As college football and the landscape continues to change, things have gotten devalued that used to be marquee moments for us. And that's why I think people are upset about it because we used to view bowl season very differently. It used to be appointment television. We couldn't wait to watch some of these matchups. And now it feels more like a... Okay, it's a bullshit. It just right, doesn't carry the same pl- value. But Smalls, that's because we actually have a playoff now, right? Of course. It, back in the in our day, you know, when we were the three of us were growing up, there was even before the BCS, there was a bunch of ball games. We had no idea which one necessarily would impact the national championship. They all could. Many of them could. The the New Year's Day games all kind of impacted it one way or another. Now we know there's a playoff. 
And those are going to be the teams that have a chance to win a championship. It's it's like if you use the professional sports, if we had playoffs, we, we, I mean, we do have playoffs, and then there's other games, like the non-playoff teams playing. Like, why would we do right? Why? And I, I hate to do this because I'm downgrading bowl games. But, CeCe, you get what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine a year you don't make the playoffs, you still have extra games? Like, what's the point of that? Well, I mean, even if you're not going to make the playoffs, I mean, there is a degree of professionalism with the NFL, right, that, that, that doesn't apply to college football. Even though players are getting paid, it's still viewed by and large as amateurism, whereas with the NFL, you know, each game is an opportunity for you to sharpen up your resume as a player and as a coach. So that's why there's still opportunities, and that's why even though you see teams that are eliminated from the postseason, they still get up to try to eliminate other teams from playoff contention in Week 18. I mean, you just look around the landscape. It's going to happen to somebody. Like, looking at the Tennessee Titans, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they upset the Jacksonville Jaguars. Stuff like that just happens. The Chicago Bears upsetting the Green Bay Packers. Stuff like that happens all the time. Those teams don't have anything to play for other than professional pride and sharpening up their resume, and yet and still, they go out there and do it. So, I mean... Here's the thing. I get what you're talking about, the disappointment in seeing all of the backup quarterbacks play in Week 18. Yeah. But that's just more of the norm of what we had all season long. Through Week 17, we've had 61 different starting quarterbacks. The Cleveland Browns have started four different quarterbacks in one game with four different starting quarterbacks. It's what we've seen all year long, so I'm not surprised that we're going to see that in Week 18, too. It's just a continuation of everything else we've seen for the first 17 weeks. I think as we're talking out the comparison, you just made the best points, see the difference for me. Like, what, what resonates with me on the comparison to college versus pro is pro you could have spoilers. There's no sport. Like, if FSU beats Georgia or Georgia beats FSU, there's no spoiler, right? <laughs> like, that's not part of anything. So I think that's where it eliminates any meaning for anything relative to the overall championship here. So as we look at Week 18, we look at those matchups. We look at, I think, a couple of them, Miami and Buffalo, Houston and Indiana, Indiana Indianapolis. Uh, those are the win and in kind of matchups, Green Bay as well. Is there one, guys, that you would rank above the rest in terms of Forget where it's located in terms of the TV aspect of it. Just purely football, win and in. Which game is the most interesting this weekend? Oh, I would say the Green Bay Packers-Chicago Bears game is interesting. Even though That's, it's only one of the two teams that are involved. It, interesting. It, 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 it is because of the implications. I mean, think about it. The offseason coming up is going to revolve around Chicago and what happens with Justin Fields. What do they do with the number one overall pick? I mean, what what happens with Matt Eberflus? All of those things are implications. And if they win a road game in Lambeau, which hasn't happened since what twenty fifteen, I mean, I think that's that 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 makes it a little spicy in terms of what we can expect or what the Chicago Bears franchise would do in terms of charting a path forward. And conversely, with the Green Bay Packers, they were in the exact same position last year. Winning in situation at home week 18, and they lost with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback. If they're able to get that done and actually get into the playoffs with Jordan, the Jordan Love era kicking off, I think that becomes fascinating as well. So that would be a game that I would circle in terms of playoff elimination. That, that's pretty spicy. To me, it's Texans-Colts. I cannot wait for that matchup. Not only because of the playoff implications, it's, it's winning in, but the fact that it's these two franchises that are competing to punch their ticket for the playoffs, to me, is amazing. The Houston Texans, who expected them to be in a, in a position to have a playoff berth this year? They were the biggest hot mess in the NFL for a while. We, we didn't know if C.J. Stroud would be the guy. We didn't know if that franchise could even be resurrected. And here we are talking about them on the precipice 
precipice of a playoff berth. And kind of the same thing with the Indianapolis Colts. They've been trying to find their footing since the Andrew Luck era. They draft Anthony Richardson. He goes down. If they're able to beat the Texans and get into the playoffs, that's an amazing story as well. So that's the game of the weekend for me. I can't wait to watch that. I think everybody is circling the Buffalo-Miami game. I find it less interesting if Buffalo's in by the time the game rolls around. Like if things break their way where they're in. But if that game becomes an elimination game for Buffalo, that would be amazing. Right? If somehow, which I think can happen, right? If that game becomes an elimination game for Buffalo, it's if you win, you win the division. If you lose, you're out of the playoffs. That's phenomenal. That that has to be what the NFL is hoping for on Sunday night. To have that kind of drama would be amazing. All right, coming up. One player on one team wants one coach for his team moving forward. We will get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPNU. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Two things for you guys to weigh in on today. Week 18 in the NFL with all the backup quarterbacks playing, as CC has pointed out, as they've played all year, basically, this year in the NFL. Is it a playoff preseason week or is it a playoff primer plus if Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer? All three of us say yes. Pat Costello, one of our producers, is adamant that it is an absolute, unequivocal no, that he should not get into the Hall of Fame. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to join us in the Dr. Pepper call-in line. But yesterday, Devontae Adams, stud-wide receiver for the Raiders, talked about uh, the interim head coach, CC's former teammate, Antonio Pierce, and the future in Vegas. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously who I wanted. That's that's my vote, and I've I've been vocal about that. And that's um, you know that's that's basically how the whole locker room feels, and you know with good reason. I mean he's coming in and done done a great job, and 
you know, he's continued to, to win us over. It's not just the, the comfortable thing. I think um, having AP here will, will be, uh, you know, it'll be good for this, this organization. He's, he kind of embodies what it means to be a Raider and that mentality, that swag, and, you know, all the things that he endorses is, is the things that I believe in. So um, it's easy for a guy like me, especially having dealt with him a little bit this year now and gotten to know him and see his evolution, you know, in front of the team and, you know, all those things, all the, all the different fields of, of being a head coach. So definitely, definitely um, rooting for him. When we're talking about head coaching, openings in the NFL, I skip right over the Raiders because I assume that this is a done deal. This should be the easiest coaching hire that we see in the NFL this season. He's come in and done an amazing job. He, as Devontae Adams said and Antonio Pierce, embodies what it means to be a Raider. He cares about the franchise. He cares about the history of the franchise. He knows what a Raiders team is supposed to look like and feel like. And more importantly, he's got the locker room on his side. That's one of the most important battles that a head coach can face is to get the players buying into the messaging. And they have that. I mean, Devontae Adams was miserable at times this season. Mm -hmm. He did not try to hide it in any way, shape, or form. He has completely transformed. You see how much fun he's having, how much fun the other players are having. They want to play for this guy. And I think the Raiders would be foolish not to give Antonio Pierce the head coaching job. Yeah, Smalls, the ability to communicate has always been a strong suit for AP, even when he was a middle linebacker for the New York Giants. And this is a guy that came up the hard way in the NFL undrafted player, and he's found a way to make a decades-long career and become a Pro Bowl player and a Super Bowl champion. And I think those credentials warrant a certain baseline of respect, but then also seeing him do it at the high school level and have relationships with a lot of these guys that he's now coaching in the NFL, I think that matters. But ultimately for AP, what it's going to come down to is being able to make the case to owner Mark Davis. And to me, finishing with a winning record as the interim head coach matters. Right now he's 4-4. Four and four. And actually beating teams that don't have losing records matters. So far he's only got one win against such teams, and that will be against the Kansas City Chiefs. If he can find a way to take care of business against the Denver Broncos, again, a team that doesn't have a losing record, I think that only bolsters – uh, his case in order to be the full-time head coach. But it feels like that's the way that things are tra- trending when it comes to the Raiders. All of the job openings that we potentially talk about, we really don't talk about that one, even though it technically is open, because I think so many people in NFL circles want Antonio Pierce to be that guy. That's how well regarded he is, and for good reason. I am totally 1,000% okay with the idea of Antonio Pierce getting an opportunity to be the full-time head coach. No issue with it whatsoever but if I'm Mark Davis and I own that team the player's input is meaningless to me I have to be honest I don't you you were not successful this year you weren't successful for Josh McDaniels and you weren't that successful for Antonio Pierce you were just more successful for Antonio Pierce than you were for Josh McDaniels so like I if I'm gonna make that decision it can't be because the players want him they're a losing team they were not a winning team. As CeCe just pointed out, they need more wins under Antonio Pierce, and obviously there's only one game left, to secure it. Now, maybe they would have had a winning record if Antonio Pierce started the season, had the offseason, all that kind of stuff. That's what I would be banking on if I'm Mark Davis. But I, this this idea when players are out there campaigning for the interim coach, like in many ways it's because he, the, the interim coach is not the previous coach, and it's more of an anti than a pro. In this case... I absolutely think they want this guy. They absolutely want this guy. Mark Davis should make the decision that Antonio Pierce is the guy, but not because Devontae Adams told me that. This is not Patrick Mahomes coming out there and saying Andy Reid needs to continue as head coach. I don't care. We're, we're te- a losing team. 
but the team tells you that in the way that they play, though, in the way of wins and losses. You were three and five with Josh McDaniels. Right now, you're four and four with AP. I mean, I think it matters in terms of whether or not they're able to finish the season on the high note in winning three of their final four games. That actually makes a difference in the mind of the owner. If you give this guy more time to implement his program, establish his type of culture, and get the quarterback position settled, then maybe, just maybe, you can find yourself being more competitive in the division, in the conference overall. So I think that has to be a part of the mindset. And let's not forget what happened a few years ago. You decided to get rid of Rich Bisaccia as the interim head coach after he led your team to a playoff berth and hired Josh McDaniels. That was an all-time bad mistake. You, you looked at the good that you had, and you went after better, and it ended up being much worse. So you destabilized the coaching spot by virtue of what you did last time when the team clearly responded to the interim head coach and Rich Bisaccia amidst a lot of turmoil. I, I just don't see Mark Davis winning if he decides to do the same thing to Antonio Pierce. Also, how would you describe the Raiders' quarterback situation this year? Bad? Suspect. So – no matter who's the head coach, it was going to be difficult for them to overcome those situations. It's not yes. as if we had the Raiders projected to be a Super Bowl team this year. And then oh, I thought they were going to be better than they were. Well, I, yeah, I was wrong. But then, but then as the season went on, there was attrition. There's, there's personnel questions. I think what he's done with the personnel that he has has been remarkable. Right, but this is my point. Like, because I screwed up with Rich Bisaccia doesn't have any impact to me on, on my decision-making with Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce deserves to be the head coach because Antonio Pierce deserves to be the head coach. Like that that's to me I'm not going to look at No Josh. no 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 hold on hold on I don't want to I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is when you see the team the players respond to a different head coach and they actually have success right. that should factor into the math. So I mean I get what you're talking about what the players are saying doesn't matter but what you do speaks louder than anything you could ever say. And the players responding to AP in the way that they have in the final eight games and hopefully the final nine games, to me, that speaks volumes. This team is actually competitive. Even in the games that they lose, they're actually competitive. It wasn't necessarily the case when Josh McDaniels had been the head coach in the first year and a half of his tenure. So I think that's the part of it that has to be factored in. Similarly to what we saw with Rich Passaccia after John Gruden, that has to matter when you try to make the determination of what direction you should go if you're Mark Davis as your next head coach. Also, when you're implementing a culture and an identity of a team, the first hurdle for you to overcome is to get the players on board. He's already jumped over that hurdle. But getting those players on board results in not a lot of wins. But it's not going to happen overnight, Evan. It's not like you can snap your fingers and turn a team into a Super Bowl contender or to completely change course with what's happened over the season. I think the fact that he's already made significant inroads in the culture and identity point of of the Raiders. He completely transformed the way that we view that team and the way they view themselves in a matter of weeks. I'm totally fine with that. I just am not going to make a decision based on players who are telling me this is the guy when they haven't been dominant. They've been better, obviously, and it's not going to change overnight. I am, a th- again, I am a thousand percent okay and on board with the idea with the Raiders saying Antonio Pierce is our full-time head coach because we believe this is a small sample size of what he will do in the future once he implements his own system, his way, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not because Devontae Adams gave this passion plea yesterday because I could, I could criticize Devontae Adams as much as anything else. CC just said, you just said moments ago, I don't care what Deshaun Watson feels about the Browns like right now. You're paid a gazillion dollars. Just root on your team. 
I don't care what Devontae Adams thinks. If you were miserable the first mm. half of the season, you're paid a gazillion dollars. But I, but I don't care how scenario. he plays, though. That's the difference. Like, Deshaun Watson ain't on the field. Right. I care how Devontae Adams feels because of how he's played. Like, it's been a clear difference between what he's looked like with AP as the head coach versus Josh McDaniels. That matters. I just think hire Antonio Pierce because you want him. Not because of Devontae, because of Bisaccia, because of McDaniels or anybody else. Because he gets the job done like Granger, CeCe. Yes, for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Some of the sound from Eagles camp, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, amongst others there. And joining us now to talk all things NFL, ESPN NFL reporter, the matchup show, of course, Sal Palantonio joins us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Sal, we've been having the debate all day, the hypothetical scenario, which doesn't seem that crazy anymore, of the Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl. If they do, Sal, is Joe Flacco then a Hall of Famer? Well, you got to look at the answer. Yes, the answer is absolutely yes. You you look at the quarterbacks who have won two or more Super Bowls: Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman. Okay, that's three. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Tom Brady will be in the Hall of Fame. I believe Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame, and I will support his candidacy 1,000%. He's won multiple Super Bowls. If Joe Flacco wins two Super Bowls, he was the MVP of one. Look at the number of road playoff victories for Joe Flacco. I do believe Tom Brady is the only one who has more. And then that Super Bowl run, remember, he did not throw an interception, and he went on the road and beat Brady and Manning back-to-back. So I think there's a definite – I'm one of the 46 voters, and I will definitely support Joe Flacco to go into the Hall of Fame if he gets to the Super Bowl and loses it. But definitely, if he wins it, he deserves a legitimate shot. 
Sal, let's talk about a team that got to the Super Bowl last year but doesn't feel like they're poised to do so again this year. That would be your beloved Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on <laughs> with Nick Sirianni's team? Well, Chris, thank you for asking. So you start 10-1, and one, you lose 4 of 5, you demote your defensive coordinator. Ding, 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 ding. That's the trifecta, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Nick Sirianni has had two very clear messages to his team this week. One, we have a lot of things to fix, and we have to fix them fast. So he lit a fire under the team and gave them a sense of urgency. And number two, we have to stick together as a team. And it's very unusual for the head coach of a team that's going to the playoffs to say both number one and number two, right, Chris? You've been around the league a long time. That kind of stark, you know, reminder to your team in public is very rare. Now, you guys just played a bite of Nick Sirianni where he said, you know, there's no magic formula. You have to work harder. Yes, you do have to work harder, of course, but you have to play smarter. So these are two important things that they have to do. And I got these numbers from Hembo and for our film study for the NFL matchup show. We're doing a piece on the Eagles offense on a matchup show this week. The Eagles ran 26 offensive plays in the second half against the Cardinals, Chris. 26. A.J. Brown had one target. For 18 yards, it was their longest play of the second half. They have four pro bowlers on offense. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, DeAndre Swift makes it, for the, for, makes it in his first year with the Eagles. And A.J. Brown, the offense should run through A.J. Brown. It doesn't right now, and that's a mistake. Sal, how secure do you think Nick Sirianni's job status is? Michelle, you know, I get this question a lot. I think it's secure. Uh, You go to the postseason, first three years as a head coach, you go to the Super Bowl in your second year. I realize there's been, mm, I'll use this word, I'll I'll qualify it, Michelle. I'll say somewhat of an implosion. Mm. Not a total implosion yet. But, it's 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 definitely bad around the team, and they've got to get together, get it together, and they all understand that. And remember, Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie fired the only coach that ever won them a Super Bowl, and that was Doug Peterson, and they did it a couple of years after he won it. So they have shown impatience in the past. You know, I'm I've never, and Chris knows this about me because we know each other a long time. I'm not one of those people who likes to speculate about head coaching jobs because it's their families. It's the families of their staff, you know, and I know these men up close and personal and have to deal with them. And I would never speculate, but here's what I always like to say. Be careful before you fire somebody, make sure you have a plan in place of somebody you think who can do it better. And I don't see that person out there. Sal, this is where my mind goes. As a Pats fan, I want Belichick back, but I think about if he's not. Philly's pretty ready-made. He can ask Andy Reid. <laughs> he can ask Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, and Matt Patricia a lot of questions about the way that place runs. Is that the plan? Maybe hypothetically. Listen, there's a lot of hypotheticals <laughs> out there, 
I don't know if Bill Belichick's not back. It certainly looks like he's going to be moving on to another team some way, somehow, maybe in a trade, which I talked to you guys about about a month ago Yep. Uh, with another team. Certainly the Eagles are ready-made. Certainly Jalen Hurts was coached very, very hard by his dad, a variant, by Saban in Alabama, who Bill Belichick knows. Patricia's already there as a defensive assistant, now running the defense. It's it's certainly something you could speculate about, but there's no reporting about that at all, Evan. Sal, with the Eagles' loss to Arizona, the door has been open for the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East and to be the second seed in the NFC playoff picture. With those circumstances playing out, considering everything holds in Week 18, how much pressure would be on Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy to deliver a deep playoff run for Jerry Jones? Well, let's just start with this week, Chris. There's pressure on them to go to Washington on the road where they haven't been great. I know Washington is not as a superior team like San Francisco, but those Washington games are always close. I've seen Dallas go to Washington and lose before when they should have won the game. So it's on their racket. You know, they got a hold serve in Washington against the commanders. Play your kind of football. Run the football like you can. Attack on defense like you have been. Take the ball away. Play pure and clean with Dak Prescott in the passing game. And, you know, just run your offense the way you run it. C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Ferguson, your tight end, who you've been ignoring up until last week. Just run it the way you're supposed to run it. Get out of there with the win. Win the division. And then I think that will propel them, in my view, to some success in the postseason. They win the division, they get a home playoff game. Then they're going to the divisional round. They're undefeated at home. So this is the game for them right here, right now. Sal, I wanted to bring you into another debate we've been having on the show today, and that surrounds the Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Devontae Adams gives him a vote of confidence, says he wants him to be the head coach. Does that matter to you when players say this should be the guy? Do you think that the Raiders should take that into consideration when they're considering who they should hire to be the next head coach if Antonio Pierce should continue on with the job? You know what? They robbed the bank to get Devontae Adams in there, right? They mm-hmm. they they backed up the Brinks car and said, we're going to run our offense through Devontae Adams, and this is the guy we want to be the face of the franchise on offense. He's a pyrotechnical player who does everything right on the football field. He is – so his word should have tremendous weight for Mark Davis. Tremendous. And not only that, have you ever been around Antonio Pierce? I have. Mm-hmm. Chris Canty has. Mm-hmm. Antonio P- Pierce is the real deal. When he speaks, people listen. Uh, and he's going to grow in that job. You know, is he Bill Belichick right now? No, no, he's not. Is he John Madden? Definitely not. But he is going to grow in that job. Antonio Pierce, in my view, after watching the film of how hard this team plays for him, and how they react to him on the sideline and the communication he's had with these players that's been real and sincere and tough and held them accountable. Absolutely. You know, they, they blew it when they didn't re, uh, rehire Rick, Rich Petrachia, uh And when they had some success, don't, don't make the same mistake. 
He's right there in your building. You're building something. Antonio Pierce, A plus, absolutely. Chris, you can't agree with me more than that, right? I mean, absolutely, come on. he's the guy. He's the guy. Don't overthink this guy. one. Don't make it. Don't make it more complicated than it has. Don't to make be. it complicated. Don't make it. To- you know, these guys overthink this stuff. He's right there. Just do it. Sal Pal, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, ESPN NFL reporter. He's got the matchup show coming up this week. Greg Cosell, Darius Butler, a part of it as well. Sal Pal, we appreciate it. Thank you. Evan, always, thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate you, man. All right, there is Sal Powell joining us here on ESPN Radio. Coming up, the race for the number two pick in the NFL draft Mm -hmm. continues this weekend. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It takes two. Javante, well done. Talking about the second pick in the draft, which we're going to get to in a second. But we may have an add-on to our studio. We may have decided that we're going to, I don't know if we're allowed to do this, but our beautiful new studio, we've had the conversation amongst the three of us about candles. Yeah. We all seem to like the concept of candles. I always get nervous around with, in my house because of my kids, mm-hmm. fire and mm-hmm. everything like that. But CeCe's had the thought. Where are we with the idea of a candle in the studio during the show? It's not happening. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. Illegal, for legal reasons, <laughs> oh, uh, you're not allowed. You could thank Harry Douglas for that, but legal reasons, you're not allowed oh, to have candles. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No fire the at the seaport. No, hold on. Here's the thing. Let's put the candle in, but we just won't light it. How's that work? Like, it's just the aroma of the, the, the candle. Can we just put it in there even if we don't light it? No. Why? What's happening? Because How it can catch on fire. Down? What's the story Because Harry, du- Harry Douglas literally filling in on the morning show previously, lit, brought candles into the studio and lit them during the show. <laughs> like, at a month. And, and, and what and, happened? Yeah, why is that a problem? Because it's a fire hazard, potentially? Yes. yes. So he had him in the seaport, sat there and lit, you know, lit the uh, bunch of candles. Can't do that. You can do that at home if you want to. Don't do it in the seaport. But isn't it so? So even if we had the candle and it's not lit, it's a problem. Just get something that smells like the candle and bring that in instead. A diffuser. 
Wow. Yeah, there you go. We I'm have some Okay, so if we go to Robert the Diffuser, I can get on board with that Smalls. Yeah, me too. Can, me too. I can get on that. Yeah. We, we have, have never to... been shot down this quickly ever for no, anything. No, no. My N- God. Nuno became Nino the boss real quick. Wow. He was like, absolutely not. Now, here's the thing. Did Harry knock over the candle? Because to me, it's only a fire hazard. Well, I'm clumsy, so I guess maybe it's an automatic no, because yeah, I would probably knock it over. Yeah, it's just you don't, do, you don't do that, and you don't bring your dog to work. All right? Those are the two things you Excuse me. Kirk Herbstreit brings his dog to work. No, but not at the seaport. We've learned both of those things the hard not, way. You do not bring Denzel well, Washington to work. I, I, I have seen these things nowhere in the rule book yet. I, I just haven't seen Oh, they're, we, they're we, in we there. We've learned. Do we have a here? list of things that <laughs> yes. we cannot do in our studio? Uh, a friend of the show, Jay Williams, brought his dog, Denzel Washington, <laughs> to work one day. Okay. And that's not allowed as well. Denzel Washington. That's, frow- that's frowned upon or it's just not allowed? It's not allowed. So we're not doing that. Okay. And good thing you guys hate dogs anyway. So, I love dogs. Except so is there anything else on the list, Nuno, that we should know about? Because yeah, you just the- shot down the candle. <laughs> you shot down the dogs. Which I'm fine the, with the, the dogs. emotional support animals. So, right. w- what else do we need to know that we can't do? All right. Because yeah. I, I didn't well, get these things before I signed yeah, the contract. Give us the full list. It's up on the wall. You don't see it, Canty, because you're not there. Whoa. Wow. I'm okay. kidding. Oh, I was like, what? Wow. Shots fired. Yeah, what else are we not allowed to do? I mean, Probably shouldn't have the food and drink in here, but <laughs> yeah, you definitely shouldn't have that. After I spilled it well, all over my I, computer, I was part of an issue back in my producing days at ESPN Radio in Bristol, where someone knocked over an entire Nalgene of water onto the board. It was quite disastrous, and then we could only have beverages in the hallway. So you would see, as soon as all the shows went to break, everyone rushed to the hallway to hydrate. Ah, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know all these rules. I don't see them on the wall anywhere. I think that was just a shot at CC for no apparent reason, you know, which is uh, funny and not appropriate simultaneously. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. <laughs> um, by the way, in terms of the smell thing, I like the idea of having a better smell in here. Today, after about, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, I'm not kidding, I became a cologne guy again. I, I had not. What? I never wear cologne. Do you wear cologne, CC? I do. My favorite cologne is Byredo, who actually makes fantastic candles, too. Byredo, if you're listening, please give us some kind of sponsorship. Get involved. Give us some products. Give out anything that you can do. Byredo is amazing. CC, I, I am also a Byredo girl. I wear gypsy water every day. I need to know no your doubt. scent. Animal leak, mixed emotions, and I would go Mumbai noise. Ooh, very good choices. Yeah. Very good yeah, choices. absolutely. I, I ordered cologne. And my wife said to me, how come you stopped wearing? I used to like when you wore that. I said, I never knew you liked that. And I have no recollection of why I stopped. I'm telling you, it's been literally 10 or 15 years, and I ordered Dolce Gabbana cologne, which I love. I would have thought Curve for men. Curve? Oh, no, not Curve. Why did you do that to him, Smalls? Why did you do that? You ain't right. That is a sneak dish by Smalls. I went cool water That is a sneak dish. The fact that she said you were wearing Curve. (laughs) CC, I love that you picked up on that. I ain't wore Curve since high school. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) But CC, does it not track? Does it not track? That would track. That would track. (laughs) John Paul Gaultier, yeah, that that, that would be it. Curve, Cologne. What is this? Cur- it's a, it's a, oh. it's 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 Smalls throwing shade. It's her being messy. Back in it's the her day. channeling her inner Andy Cohen. That's what she's mm. doing right uh, now. Cece, I'm just getting. I'm trying to get us on Roni here. You know, I'm trying to. I'm trying you to try to get us up. there, Smalls. So, we try well, to get I'm there. the one that's got the connection to him. So you better be careful over there. I'm Missy. treading lightly, but here's what I'm saying. Curve for men was like the thing to wear back I've never in middle heard of it. school. Oh my back god. Back in '98. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was my prime '98. That's why I'm saying I think you would High love to bring it back to give it the reboot. You know, curve for men. 
Evan, I don't think it? you can bring that one back, Small. <laughs> Evan, 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 that, is dead, that is dead and gone, and it's buried. <laughs> Evan, were you rocking Cool Water that time? No. That time? <laughs> I probably I, – I didn't, but I'm sure after Snoop dropped it, Cool Water Cologne in one of, the, in one of his songs, I'm sure that probably my friends bought it or I bought it at some point. But in my life, I've had the, the – Dolce & Gabbana has always been my, my number one. I did have the MJ Cologne. Michael Jordan had a cologne nice, that came out at one nice. point, so of course I bought that. I bet he smells amazing. You bet Michael Jordan smells amazing. One hundred percent. He's not bad at anything. That's so, what I'm saying. He's yeah. elite at everything, including cologne choices. Probably smells like money. Totally. Probably totally. smells like tobacco money. notes. Now again. all I want to do is which which athlete do you think smells? Oh, Aquadigio. I think I wore. It of, some course point. of course you did. Of course you did. Back in the of day. Course you did. I'm just saying. I bet Nuno wore wore Dakar Noir. Can we pause for a second? I feel like Evan, you should finish that sentence. Yeah. Which athlete do you assume smells the best? Thank the you. Best? Okay. Because all you said was yeah. which athlete Sorry. smells. Which athlete do you think smells the Tom best? Tom Brady's got to be I'm like sure perfection great. in terms of his smell. I think it's an NBA player with great fashion sense. Russell Westbrook, I could see smelling good. For sure. Hmm. Jimmy Butler probably smells good. Yes, he does. I mean, Jim- I'm sure he does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cece, were there guys that you're just like, I can't even stand near this guy? He smelled so bad in the locker room and, and like everybody was... Yeah, but I'm not going to air him out on <laughs> national radio and national television. I mean, Why would I do that? Maybe what you should if they smell a bit. Yeah, maybe air you could actually help them out. Give him a favor. <laughs> you know who else I bet smells really good, who always down to the last detail has the fit going, is Odell Beckham Jr. I bet he smells great. I can see that. Yes, he actually has a, um, a scent by by Rado. Oh, does Mr. Marvel, Mr. Marvelous, yeah. We got to get it. Wow. I, I already have it. Okay. <laughs> ma- did they make a candle version? Uh, you know, I don't know. I got to look that up. That would be I'm interesting. That would be interesting. See, Nuno, us bringing a candle is a roundabout way of us doing sports. This is I mean, some bougie cologne, by the way. Uh, which one? The one that they have? Mr. Marvelous. Oh. Well, what did you expect? It's Hotel Beckham Jr. What do you think he's going to have? It's $300. Uh, he's uh, like a fashion Easter. He's like, you know, a celebrity type. And Michelle, to answer your question, CK1, Calvin Klein. CK1. CK, yes. I could see Nuno putting on some CK1. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Well, we did talk about the race for number two, and this is obviously after that. Uh, you need the good smell here is what we were saying here. for uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to tie it all into the team. So the though. number two pick is supposed to be the cologne <laughs> for the team that stinks? That's there you go. Pool? Exactly that right. It? Exactly okay. right. Right. Exactly right. By the way, at the race for the number two, my whole thing that I was going to throw out to you in the 30 seconds we have here, which we can continue this conversation, is there a race for number two with all these quarterbacks that could potentially go in the top five, considering what the way we feel about Jaden Daniels and the way we feel about Michael Penix Jr.? Is it a top two draft? Are teams definitely going to be tanking this weekend? Or do we look at it and say, you know what? Maybe if you're just in the top five, you're going to get a franchise quarterback that could be your curvy for men. Curve for men. Whatever. Oh. So Curvy? close. <laughs> I Curvy for it. men. See, I think that's what you were de- actually saying to me. No. That, that's what it was. We're unsportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.